it's the same thing every year. One side stands and claps, the other side sits still, not having any fun. It reminds me of my cousin's wedding. Yeah. I give it six months. Right. Now, Biden also talked about his achievements. He said, we passed an infrastructure bill, we reduced inflation, and we finally convinced Tom Brady to retire. So I think it's a great year. In his speech, Biden called for bipartisanship and unity. He was like, as Democrats and Republicans, we have one common goal, to mishandle classified documents. This is Plausibly Live. Well, good morning, good evening, or good afternoon, wherever you are, whatever you do. A lot of things happening in the world today. Most of them are far beyond our control, you might say. So perhaps it's time we took a pause and thought about life, thought about the laws of gravity, the State of the Union, jokes, mail theft, politics, or the news. Don't touch that dial. Just try to hear me out for a little while. So, not that you care, but right before the text, I'm right before the show this morning, I'm finishing up show prep and my text thing goes off. My mother fell yesterday again and is now hospitalized. And so there's this text thread between my brother and my sister and myself and Cammie. Um, and this text shows up this morning. My brother, it says, are you sure we're out of grounds? To which my sister immediately responds, coffee or burial? My brother, I guess, forgot that he was on the wrong text thread. That's what he said. I was sorry. That was on the wrong thread. So I jumped in and said, hey, I, I've got a full can of unopened can of Folgers in the pantry if you want it. To which he informed me that he would never drink anything as provincial as Folgers. He only drinks Cafe Bustello, which, by the way, is what I'm drinking right now. I love Cafe Bustello. But I can't have more than two cups of it because then I become kind of uh, unfocused, I guess is the best way to put it. Anyway, turns out Cafe Bustello is the coffee of choice of the Bowman family. Don't know why you would care, but but there you go. That's what I was dealing with about a minute and a half ago. This idea today that having an opinion without having full information has become quite normalized. I attribute it to the McNews effect. What do I mean? Uh, the USA Today story. Once upon a time, Doonesbury was a great, a great cartoon, but back in the early 80s, when USA Today became a thing, it was constantly referred to in, in Doonesbury as McNews, which is what it was. It was just a headline, less than 140 characters, sometimes 250 characters of a story, and that was it. Today, because of that McNews effect, we barely read headlines, let alone any actual stories. Stories have been replaced with tweets and with polls. One of the things that drives me nuts is when people take a screenshot of a headline and put it in a tweet or a f social media post with no link. So you can't even link to the story. You have to draw your entire conclusion about the story totally from this picture, the screenshot that has subsequently been posted on social media. And you get polls as well. Did you know that 83% of Americans think that, blah, 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 without any context or any input into it? It's absurd. Now, all that said, we all do it, but we also all complain about it. We all talk about how well, you don't have all the information yet. 
How can you have an opinion about something? Well, I try not to. I try to get information before I form my opinions. It's not always successful, but I try. But that's why I have nothing to say about the State of the Union this morning. I did not watch it. Sorry, we had a big to-do last night at the synagogue. I went to that. Nor did I get up this morning and read the speech, because as I told Rob the other day, it is available at whitehouse.gov. Didn't have any interest in it. What I have seen this morning, overwhelmingly in my various news feeds, aren't even stories about the speech. There's not stories that say President Biden calls for bold new vision. None of that. What I get are, just like you got for the Grammy Awards, reactions to the State of the Union posts. That's that's all I'm seeing, stories so-and-so reacts to. The reaction to. But to be honest with you, I haven't read those either because I can already tell you what's in them. If the story or the post comes from the left, State of the Union was the greatest State of the Union ever. You get that? I mean, it's fantastic. This is the best president. And this was the best best State of the Union ever. If the person posting it or writing it was on the right, it was terrible. It's full of lies. And, oh, he almost fell asleep while delivering it. Now, most of these opinions are based solely on headlines, maybe a photograph, maybe whatever. I, I would bet you that the vast majority of opinions about the State of the Union address last night were formed long before the State of the Union address was ever delivered. Now, before you send me an email telling me that I'm wrong, because you watched it, I'm sure you did, I want you to listen to something. These are jokes that were told about the State of the Union address on late night television last night. Quote, it was a tough night for all of Biden's staffers watching from the White House, because every time people clapped, the lights went on and off. It's the same thing every year. One side stands and claps. The other side sits still, not having any fun. It reminds me of my cousin's wedding. I'll give it six months. Okay, that one's a little bit funny. Quote, now Biden also talked about his achievements. He said, we passed an infrastructure bill. We reduced inflation and we finally convinced Tom Brady to retire. So I think that's a great year. In his speech, Biden called for bipartisan and unity. He was like, as Democrats and Republicans, we have one common goal, to mishandle classified documents. Now, the thing about those jokes is whether you think they're funny or not is irrelevant to me. Uh, personally, I think they're a little, I don't know, they, they're not home run jokes. But then again, late night comedy rarely is. But all of those jokes were written long before the speech was even delivered. Do you understand that? All of those jokes were written before the speech was even written. How do we know this? Because they were recorded live before a studio audience, hours before the speech was actually given. In other words, late-night television isn't really late-night television. They record it earlier in the day, but they have to tell these jokes about the State of the Union address, which hasn't been given yet. It's become so predictable and boring that late-night comics and newspapers are writing their articles and jokes before the speech is even given. 
and the reaction stories become legion because nobody even wants to talk about any actual analysis of the speech because there isn't any actual analysis to give. I didn't watch it. I can't tell you. I I, I make some assumptions about the speech, but, but I can't give you any actual analysis of it because I'm certain that it was like most State of the Union speeches, which is patting myself on the back, telling you what a great job I'm doing, which isn't what the State of the Union is supposed to be about. I, don't yell at me. Go read the Constitution. State of the Union address isn't supposed to be a party political, but that's what it's turned into. And you got Congress people wearing pins that have crayons on them. You have behavior that, if that was happening in your kid's fourth grade class, you'd, you'd, you'd have a fit about. But this has become normal, which is why the jokes and the articles can be written long before the speech is ever given, because it's kabuki theater. That's all it is. And, of course, the reactions to the speech say more about the person giving the reaction than they do any actual analysis of the speech, which is what's become the norm. That's become the opinion now. We, we just form the opinion with, you know, it happened. Here's my opinion about it. And it's not going to get any better, folks. It's never going to get any better. For the record, my opinion of the State of the Union right now is, A, the Union is fucked, and B, we need to stop these stupid speeches. I'm Bill Mick with WMMV Radio in Melbourne, Florida, where we have a governor that will actually stand for what's right. My show airs mornings from 6 to 9 Eastern. Every day we discuss news, politics, and social issues that impact us all. Tuesdays in our 8 o'clock hour, Dave joins me for something we call Dave Does History, where Dave brings us events from our past that contain lessons for right now. To listen live, find WMMV on the iHeartRadio app. Welcome back. Up here in the Kitsap region of Northwest Washington, we've got an interesting story going on. It's kind of a it's a shocking story because this sort of thing doesn't normally happen. But it's got a it's got people up here debating some things about well, vigilantism, deadly force, which is a big deal here because we got, you know, we have two major naval bases here. And we even had an incident yesterday where two different individuals tried to run the gates at the base yesterday morning, right as the base was opening up for the morning. So the base, uh, the banger base ended up shutting down for about an hour to deal with that. No one was shot in those incidents, even though these people tried to force their way onto a military installation. But the story we have, and we do not have all the facts. We do not know what was said. But the story that we have, as we have it, is that a gentleman noticed that there were unidentified persons in a vehicle around the mailboxes of his neighborhood, and they appeared to be breaking into the mailboxes. He went out to confront them. Something was said. Nobody knows what. Nobody is clear on what happened. But a brouhaha ensued 
in which the homeowner, the gentleman, ended up shooting the suspected male thief to death. He killed him right there in the street. The two women that were with him have disappeared. No one is clear on where they are. In fact, there's an all-points bulletin out for them. You can see the posts on Facebook and social media and everywhere else. Hey, we need to find these gals. Uh, but as it stands right now, the male, the suspected male thief is dead. And the man who shot him is charged with first-degree murder. Now, he is in Kitsap County Jail. I think it's a million dollars bond and has pled not guilty in his arraignment. The story, if the story ended right there, you'd go, well, should he have shot him? I mean, certainly that's an, certainly that's an arguable opinion. I mean, you know, what, what, what do we know? I mean, I was trained in deadly force. I can't imagine the circumstances that would cause me to shoot someone dead over mail. I mean, frankly, if you want those advertisements for refinancing and Winco, I guess you can have them. But if you think I'm stupid enough to actually send stuff that have stuff sent to me that is actually valuable to my mailbox, well, you know, I'm not that dumb. Well, but what was said, and we don't know. We don't know what threat was made. We don't know what words were exchanged. We know none of this because the two witnesses have disappeared. By the way, they're not likely to be cooperative. I can't imagine that the two witnesses who were with the suspected male thief, you know, I can't imagine that they're going to say anything positive about the guy who shot him. If it ended right there, it would be a troubling story. Yesterday afternoon, we learned in our morning paper today, which isn't a paper, it's a website, that the suspected male thief had been bailed out of Kitsap County Jail barely two hours before he was suspected of stealing mail again and was shot and killed. Furthermore, we learned that the credit card used to bail him out of Kitsap County Jail two hours before he was shot and killed was a stolen credit card. Does that change how we see the the story at all? Does it change how we feel about things at all? This guy, I, look, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say this guy was a male thief. And this guy had a long history of this. And these two women that were with him helped him. But we don't know what happened or why the shooter thought that he was threatened by this man. We don't we don't know. Like I said, the witnesses are unlikely to be cooperative. In fact, as I said, there's an APB out for them because they need to, to help him. But the question is going to be, was this really first-degree murder? I mean, my understanding of first-degree murder is premeditated, and, you know, <laughs> I don't know that this was. Had this guy's mail been stolen before and he was planning to shoot the guy? Did, did the fact that he brought a gun to a mail con- conflict make it premeditated? I don't know. I, I, I'm curious about that. I'm curious about what a jury in Kitsap County is going to say about that. Because mail theft here is a huge deal. I don't know about where you live, but here mail theft has gotten to the point where it's almost a weekly front page story somewhere. And it seems 
that law enforcement and government authorities have no interest in doing anything about it at all. It's just a nuisance. It's something, their their suggestion is, don't have your mail sent to your house, get a post office box. Which is a fine suggestion, but is a little bit, I don't know, unconcerned. Does it come across as unconcerned? Does it come across as we're not going to do anything about it? And does government bear any responsibility in the fact that since they're not going to do anything about it, people are going to take matters into their own hands? I don't know what the end result of this is going to be. I have no idea. I just got up this morning and the story was that the the bail credit card used was fraudulent. And I'm wondering, you know, because obviously the two women bailed him out which means that they had the stolen credit cards. Now, where did they get them? And are they going to turn on the dead guy to to save their own skins? Who knows? I don't know where this is going to go. But it raises a lot of questions about deadly force. It raises a lot of questions about, you know, what exactly are we paying for in our government? Because they don't seem interested in actually doing the things that the that the people actually need done. But in the meantime, we're opening up, you know, all kinds of ridiculous programs that nobody asks for, nobody wants, but they sound good and they look good on paper. But now there's a guy dead in the street and another guy in jail on a million dollars bond for defending his property. I don't know. We'll see how it goes and we'll keep up to date on it in the future. Take the time right now. Tell the people that matter in your life you love them very much. You'd miss them if they weren't there, so don't pass up those opportunities. You don't want to have that regret. Plausibly Live, I'm Dave Bowman. We'll see you next time.